Welcome to the Dynasty Defined Podcast, a show discussing what is happening with the greatest dynasty in sports, the Oklahoma State Cowboys wrestling program. Today, wow, so much is going on within the orbit of Oklahoma State. Yours truly lost my voice at the game on Saturday. I swore that I wasn't going to get my hopes up, that I wasn't going to go. But starting on Thursday, I just started to feel like I had to be there. It was too important. With some encouragement from my wife and shockingly from my in-laws, uh, my dad and I decided to head up at noon on Saturday. Rolled into town around 4 p.m. What an atmosphere. The crowd was electric. It was tense. It was loud. It was really amazing. I mean, it was uh, just a great uh, opportunity to get to Stillwater and uh, watch history get made. So really glad I was there to watch the Pokes win Bedlam. But I apologize for my raspy voice today and uh, for uh, sounding like this. So hopefully I'm better uh, by Thursday. If not, um, you know, fortunately the Pokes are off for a couple weeks, but uh, we'll still get some content out. And um, yeah, I I do want my voice to recover though. So I I use this thing to make a living. So uh, we'll, uh, might take a couple days off, but uh, really excited to watch everything unfold with OSU football, right? Uh, it's exciting stuff. And, uh, uh, the chaos in Norman is, uh, exciting to watch as well. So, uh, really glad that, uh, all that's happening. Uh, during one of the breaks at the football game, they honored the wrestling team for their accomplishments in the 2020, 2021 season, uh, six all Americans, big 12 champs for the ninth year in a row, third place team finish, and they capped it off with the uh, true freshman who became the 143rd national champion in program history, A.J. Ferrari, who proceeded to rip off his shirt, walk out towards the Sooners bench, flex, shush them, point at them, and then do a throat slash. Oh, you didn't score another point in the game, and the Pokes came back and won. Coincidence? I don't think so, folks. David Welchel, a great friend of this show, asked me on Twitter what I make of those AJ Ferrari antics. And that's really it. Anything goes in Bedlam. I don't believe in rules or civility or anything like that when it comes to the Bedlam series. I'm glad that AJ did it. And then the football team came through and backed him, backed him up with the win. Most of the time though, I do want to take the same stance as coach Smith on this uh, quote You don't want me to go there. AJ is a lightning rod, a character, and he is bringing a ton of attention to the sport. I think that's a good thing. Uh, Do I like the way he goes about it sometimes? Does it really matter what I like? I've met AJ back when he was in high school, and by all accounts today, when he's not putting on a show, he's a very nice, respectful, considerate young man. As long as the show doesn't make him an actual crazy person, and as long as he's uh, backing it all up on the mat, he can do as he pleases, and I'll cheer just as loud for him as I do for everybody else. He's a poke. He's ours. And uh, while I do think some of the stuff's weird, the two watches thing is strange, and um, I do wish he would cut back on... I, I wish he would take his own advice when it comes to the politics stuff and uh, kind of stay out of that realm. But ultimately, he's um, 
getting people excited about it. People in Stillwater love it. The students love it. And I think we're going to see some direct correlation between people showing up to the duels and uh, showing up to support the program. So I'm all for it. I think it's important. And uh, I don't really think it's, I don't think it matters uh, whether I like it or not. It's, it's going to happen. And um, I like him winning and I like the attention that it's bringing to OSU. So that's that. And uh, yeah, David, um, you know, you know, you know me as well as the next uh, guy, and it's uh, it's not necessarily my style, but um, you know that's that's doesn't not important at all. So getting into the duel, uh, last week we said that we wanted to see the Pokes stretch out these matches and take advantage of an overwhelmed opponent, and the guys for sure delivered on that. Eight matches resulted in bonus points, two falls, three tech falls. There really wasn't a close match. The younger wrestlers looked really aggressive. They didn't struggle to get out from bottom. They took a lot of shots. Conditioning didn't seem like a big issue either. Everybody looked really sharp. The energy in the building seemed like it was good, which may have been carryover from the night before in Bedlam. But it was a very well-attended duel, too, at 4,107 folks showing up, uh, which for Drexel is, is pretty impressive. Uh, over the past several years, um, we've only had two seasons where the average attendance was more than that figure. So in, in those two seasons, both included an Iowa home duel. So um, that kind of jacks up the numbers. So... Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's great that folks showed up for that one. Uh, it's great that we don't have another home duel until the students are back on campus. And again, I think AJ is getting the students excited about wrestling and uh, what all's going on there and um, how people can get involved and, and go to the duels. So I think it's really exciting stuff. As we get as we get into the bigger home duels in the spring, um, I really hope that excitement level stays high for the duels and attendance really should be over 5,000 people per home duel. The night started off with uh, Mastro. It was a traditional match order, 125 to heavyweight. So started off with Mastro, uh, who um, was sharp getting out there early to start. He didn't finish quite as well as we would have typically liked to see Mastro finish, uh, but he got to legs and he looked quick. So he was uh, working fast and working those takedowns and, and tie-ups and in the misdirection. He was really trying to get some misdirection going. Um, and he, when he decides to shoot, he looks super fast. So that's um, really good because he's also rangy. He's a long 125 pounder. So when you can combine that speed with his length, I really think that when you get into um, a deeper parts of the season, uh, that's really going to play to his advantage. So he'll have gotten used to the weight. He'll uh, be able to kind of overwhelm the shorter stockier guys with that length um kind of reminds me of a uh oh who's that guy that wrestled for minnesota a couple of years ago 
Ethan Lezak, um, who was an elite top wrestler, but he, the guy was like 5'10 and weighed 125 pounds as a 22-year-old senior. I don't know how he did that, but uh, he did it, and he really, uh, he made it to the NCAA finals, right? And um, it was on the back of just being able to use his length to keep guys away from his legs and then um, really to lock up their legs on rides. And they called him the backpack because he would get two legs in and then just ride guys out and uh, work turns. He was a really impressive wrestler, but he wasn't quite as fast as Mastro is. Mastro, who I don't think is 5'10", but uh, who is still rangy um, with that speed, I really think that he can keep his opponents away from his legs while also using that speed to work that, those misdirections and, and reshots. And uh, he should be able to take down some of the stronger guys in the weight class. And I think that uh, that's really going to play well as you get deeper into the season and especially as you get into the NCAA tournament. So um, excited about that development from Mastro. I know he's always a really good top wrestler and he's always been really good uh um, offensively, but uh, I, I didn't really notice the speed last year that I'm seeing this year. So that's been a really exciting development. He won that match 6-3. to three. Didn't give up any takedowns I, that I remember. And, yeah, just, just gave up escape points, and uh, he, uh, he just executed well. He was fast. He finished some takedowns. He probably could have gotten more points. He probably could have stretched it out and gotten a major, but ultimately... Um, just pick up the win, move on uh, to the next one, let Dayton get on the mat. And that's what happened. Dayton got on the mat, and uh, he did what we need Dayton to do against true freshmen who are not on the same caliber as Dayton Fix by any stretch. Uh, Dayton went out there, and uh, he started to kind of pour it on um, early. He got a couple of just really hard takedowns, and then... Uh, when they got into the second period, um, Dayton started working turns, and uh, pretty soon in that second period, a, a minute 22 in it, to be exact, uh, Dayton picked up uh, some leverage and uh, turned Dion Pleasant over to pick up a pin. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's what do we talk about, right? Uh, Dayton needs to go out and he needs to dominate. Uh, if he is going to go be a national champion and a Hodge Trophy winner. Uh, the way he's going to do that is by pinning and tech falling his opponents. And there are maybe six guys in the country that should be good enough to not be in that. Pin, get pinned or get teched by Dayton Fix realm. So... Um, I think that uh, as he starts to get these, he's going to pick up that confidence. He's going to start working those turns more, and he's going to go pick up the pins. And I'm uh, I'm excited to see it. I, I really think Dayton is uh, going to have a incredible season this year. And, uh, yeah, we're going to watch some history get made with the points I think he's going to score. Um, that then led to the... Uh, Gallagher-Iba debut for true freshman Carter Young, who uh, took on a 
red six-year senior Jared Donahue from Drexel. Um, Carter, <laughs> I, if, if what we saw from Carter on Sunday is an indication of what Carter Young is going to do through his career, y'all, Carter Young's special. He is uh, a fast. He is super aggressive. Uh, Dayton Fix said after the match that that is the Carter Young that you're going to see. He's the guy that Dayton's been kind of grooming for the past 10 years, basically. Um, he's the guy that uh, um, is what we saw at the U.S. Open, <clears throat> where he really just went out and had no fear, and he didn't really seem concerned with um, what his opponent was doing. He controlled what he could do, and he finished his takedowns. He worked some really fast, really kind of crafty shots to go get to ankles and legs and had absolutely no trouble accomplishing that, and uh, and then had no trouble completing his takedowns either against an experienced wrestler, somebody who's not a pushover. You know, when these guys get into that fourth, fifth, sixth year of their college career, I mean, that that's not a thing where, you know, a true freshman should be able to go out and dominate. But Carter Young definitely did. He picked up an 18 to 6 major decision. Um, he, uh, he probably could have picked up a tech fall if he had uh, a little bit more... Um, strength that we talked about last week. I think if he was a little bit stronger, then he probably picks up a fall or a tech fall in that one. But at the same time, with his technique and with his uh, really cerebral approach to attacking his opponent, um, I don't think Carter needs to be much stronger or much bigger. Uh, I think that he's going to be just fine uh, where he's at as a true freshman, um, going out there and doing what he did. Um, the opponents are going to get harder for sure. Uh, 141 is a super tough weight class, but, uh, Carter looked great. And if that's what we're going to see from him against those, those tougher opponents, then we're going to see him win a lot of matches, uh, this year. And then he's going to have an exciting career for sure. Um, so, um, I think we might've seen another next cowboy great there. Uh, with Carter Young. Really glad he's on the roster and he made the switch from Northwestern. G then uh, stepped on the mat and uh, it did what G does. I tweeted about this, but um, I, I don't know if you've seen that movie Saving Silverman, but uh, there's a scene where um, Steve Zahn's character, Cowboy Wayne, which is fitting, uh, is on an exterminator call for an old woman who has a raccoon in her uh, underneath her house and uh, he has to go retrieve it and he got the baby and brought it out and then mama raccoon came around and he had to wrestle it off and uh, <laughs> I don't know watching G wrestle just reminded me of that scene in the in the scene where they kidnap Silverman's fiance and uh, Amanda Pete's character I guess and just that whole um 
G's way of wrestling just reminds me of the way Steve Zahn carries himself in that movie uh, with his kind of like quick jerky actions. It looks like uh, he he doesn't really... Um, <laughs> I hate to say this because I know he knows what he's doing and I, if he's listening to this, then you know I apologize, but uh, it doesn't look like he knows, <laughs> knows what he's doing. It looks like he's just out there kind of just winging it you know so uh i know that's not the case he uh he definitely is a great is is a really solid wrestler and um he knows what he's doing and he prepares but uh just that's what he looks like and i i got a big kick out of it especially with the mustache and the uh you know what he's got going on with with all that with his look right now but uh he he really looks solid i i think we're seeing the caden gefeller that we always wanted to see when he stepped on campus. I think we're seeing the Caden Gefeller that um, Dayton Fix has talked about a lot. And uh, I think we're seeing the Caden Gefeller that um, everybody expected Caden Gefeller to be through his career at Oklahoma State. Um, I think he's uh, a man on a mission. He's got a lot to prove. And uh, he went out and he um, got a couple good takedowns. He was starting to work to see if he could start to pour it on. But then he was on bottom and he worked to a reversal and he got a window to um, get some leverage to turn his opponent over to his back. And he he picked up the fall against Tyler Williams uh, with, or what is that, 20 seconds into the second period. So, um so yeah, I mean it was a great performance from G. I I really was impressed with him going out there and wrestling smart and and being really aggressive too. Um, he uh, he was able to get to legs without much trouble, and then when he was on bottom to start the second period, like I said, he he worked that reversal, um, really crafty uh, reversal there to then get into a position to lock up a pin. So, um, yeah, really impressive performance from G in this match. And, uh, hopefully we continue to see him improve throughout the season and, um, again, be the guy that we all want him to be. I, uh, I'm really excited to, to continue to watch him. I know that they're going to keep ranking him. They're going to keep trying to see if Voinovich or Travis Mastro can take it, but, uh, from, you know, I think, I think G needs that. I think he needs that push. I think he needs that, uh, motivation to continue to show that he's the best guy for the weight and, uh, he's the, um, best opportunity for Oklahoma State to score a lot of points at NCAAs. At 157 pounds, then you had Wyatt Sheets, uh, who came out and took on Parker Cotman, who, again, isn't a slouch, you know, Cropman solid wrestler in his career has had some good, uh, seasons and sheets, um, really, I think he looked his best that he's looked all season. He wasn't wearing a knee brace, which is exciting. That means that he and the training staff feel confident enough in Wyatt's knee to, um, let him go out there without a brace on. They think it's going to hold up. They think the structure is good. And they uh, 
think that he can handle it. So that's a super exciting development for him. And uh, then, you know, on the mat, he kind of showed it. He had super heavy hits against Crotman. Crotman got in. He, he took some shots, and uh, Sheets really just fought him off. He uh, he got those hips on him. He uh, um, then circled around, looked really fast, and uh, working those go-behinds and uh, shut out Crotman 8 to nothing and picked up a major decision. So not only was he able to get the go-behinds, he was able to keep Crotman uh, on bottom and uh, was able to really kind of horse him around, uh, outstrength him and, and show that, you know, he's strong and he's, uh, he's a competitor and he's, um, ready to go reclaim an all American spot this season. So, uh, that was really good wrestling from Wyatt Sheets and, and hopefully we continue to see him stay healthy, uh, but also just work that strong wrestling style that we expect from him. Not every match is going to be a major decision, um, but uh, if he can keep guys off his legs and uh, continue to be fast on those go behinds, then he's gonna. That's I mean that's just classic, you know, way to win wrestling matches. Uh, Whitlake then took the mat against uh, Evan Barzak and um, Whitlake early. I made a proclamation that he's gonna pick up a major decision. Right, uh, which I've been critical of Whitlake and John Smith's been critical of Whitlake that he hasn't been scoring enough points. He hasn't been aggressive enough. He hasn't been scoring enough points. He hasn't been getting major decisions, so on and so forth. But after the run that we had had there, where Dayton Fix fall, Carter Young major, G fall, Sheets major decision, I really just had a feeling that Whitlake was gonna keep that going and keep that momentum up and, and keep the, uh, keep the route on, uh, for, um, his match. And, uh, sure enough, uh, he did, um, he, uh, did look more aggressive. His hands were really heavy. He probably could have taken more shots and worked some more collar ties and some misdirection, but uh, he, look, he got the job done. He went out there and he uh, um, worked the takedowns and he executed and he picked up the major decision. So uh, it was a good match from Whitlake. And, um, you know, we really want to see him continue to just take more shots. You know, if, if it cost him a couple of bouts even, um, I, I really just want to see him work more offense and be more aggressive. I think that, uh, that's what he's trying to work on. That's what he's trying to get better at here in his, uh, junior season. And I, you know, that's, that's really where, uh, Whitlake is going to go from fourth place finisher to finalist, right? Where he's so good. He's so gifted where as he is, you have full faith that the guy's going to finish in the top five. But if he can just take that next step, if he can just get two legs and take better shots, then again, he's he's going to round out and be super special for us as OSU starts to make runs for national titles. And he's going to be an important piece to that too. 
Then you have the match of the night, Dustin Plott taking on uh, Michael O'Malley. The only match where uh, the Drexel wrestler outranked the OSU wrestler. And as we talked about on Thursday, O'Malley has, uh, he finished most of his, um, most of his matches this season have been won by fall or tech fall. So yeah, seven of his eight matches this season won by fall or tech fall, including some against some ranked wrestlers. This was going to be a tough bout for plot, one that he needed, one that we really needed to see him get challenged and uh, hopefully uh, pick up a win, you know, and that's exactly what Dustin did. And early, early, early in the match, O'Malley started trying to look for tie-ups and then throws. That's, you got the sense that that's really how he's gone and won matches is by getting up high, getting his opponent on off balance, getting a little bit of leverage, putting his hip into him, throwing him over and pinning him, um, or getting back points, putting it out of reach early, finishing a tech fall, right? Um, that was uh, obviously his strategy. I mean, just it looked like he had no other game plan but to do that. And Plot was really smart. He kept O'Malley from really getting in a position that he wanted to get in. Uh, he outstrengthed him. He outworked him. And then when O'Malley, as soon as O'Malley would start to get a hook in and start to stand Plot up a little bit, Plot would snap, and he got a takedown off of that. Um, as the match went on, Plot scored another takedown and then got an escape point, and uh, he really just uh, started to kind of pour it on O'Malley, and O'Malley went for one more big throw, and uh, Plot didn't let it happen. He was able to kind of get O'Malley to start the throw, but then backed away and took him down. So um, it was great strategy from Dustin. You could tell that he knew uh, what O'Malley was going to try to do. He knew to stay out of those positions that O'Malley wanted to get in because he's obviously really good in those positions. I mean, again, his seven of his, or yeah, seven of his eight matches prior, uh, he had won by doing exactly that. So um, really, really good uh, smart wrestling from Dustin Plot there, which is what you expect. You know, they talk about Plot being one of the hardest workers in the room, one of the toughest guys in the room. Uh, so that definitely goes into he prepared, he made sure that he was going to be in the right position and take advantage of O'Malley's weaknesses. And that's what he did. And, uh, that's really exciting. I think that plot's going to shoot up the rankings this week. I think Flo already put theirs out and he went up to number, uh, 14 from 20, something like that. Um, so great win for plot. Um, good opportunity for him to showcase that he's, going to be a guy to contend at that weight class here this season. So I'm um, excited that he got that win 6-3 to three over O'Malley. And uh, um, going into Bedlam, I think that uh, that's a really important win for Plot um, as he continues to 
build confidence in his shoulder and his health and, and everything like that. So, um, yeah, Plot had a great match, and uh, that was a fun one. Uh, then you had uh, Dakota Gear, who uh, really demoralized his, his opponent in this one. Uh, he went out there and just... I, I really like what we're seeing from Dakota Gear this season. You know, I liked what we saw with him at Stanford. I wasn't super excited with how he performed at Minnesota. Um, but, you know, he, he still won that one. And it, it just, yeah, it is what it is. Um, he went out. He's been going out. And he's just been kind of on a mission to dominate these guys and um really leave little doubt in what he's going to be able to accomplish so he um just started to pour it on mclaughlin there and you really saw the hope uh leave mclaughlin uh that at one point in the match he tried to go get on dakota's leg and he took a good shot and Dakota just weaseled out of it and got the go-behind for the takedown, and you just saw all the hope and the will to be on the mat leave uh, McLaughlin, and uh, Gear then just took that and ran with it and uh, poured it on from there. So that was fun to watch. That's usually something that you know I, I love to look for in wrestling just because um, watching a grown man kind of take the hope away from another grown man in a physical matchup. I, it sounds kind of, sounds terrible now that I'm saying it out loud, but, uh, it's, uh, it's fun to watch, uh, sometimes. And, uh, that was one of those matches where that happened. So gear picked up the tech fall at 197 pounds, AJ fresh off of, you know, his, uh, really willing the football team to victory. <laughs> Um, the night before with his, uh, you know, flex and taunt of the, uh, Sooners bench, but, uh, he came out 16 hours later and he just did the same thing, poured it on Santino Marina from Drexel. Um, just wasn't even remotely close. Uh, he did what he needs to do against just like Dayton fix. You know, if AJ Ferrari is the number one wrestler in the country at that weight, what he needs to do is he needs to go work his turns and uh, start to finish tech falls and pins. And really, that's that's what he did. He was able to get uh, on top of his opponent and then start um, really getting better at keeping him down and, and, and turning him over. So he picked up some early um, back points, and he... Then he started to, after he racked up some riding time, he started to uh, let him go and then take him down. And at the buzzer of the second period, he uh, got a crazy, you know, single leg and finished the takedown, just overpowered the guy and uh, finished the tech fall. So, um, of course, he made it dramatic somehow, uh, but uh, that was a fun one to watch for sure. He... Uh, at one point, Marina was kind of fleeing the mat, and AJ grabbed his leg, planted his feet, and then pulled him back in. And uh, 
got a two point takedown out of it and, uh, you know, just kind of played with his food there. And then at heavyweight, you had Luke Serber finish off a third tech fall in a row against Elijah Anthony, 19 to four. And uh, Serber, man, oh man, that makes two of his three matches this year bonus point victories. Um, so he, you know, yeah, he got dominated by Gable Stevenson. Um, but that could have been a lot worse, right? He could have gotten teched by Gable. He could have gotten pinned by Gable. And he didn't allow himself to get in a position for that to happen. He kept that one to a major decision. So um, that's a sign of a really, really good wrestler. Um, Jason Hildreth from Twitter said, Serber looked great. He's strong in all positions. The top five ranked heavyweights at NCAAs will be hard to beat. Do you like his chances landing in that six to eight range? As he puts on more weight and muscle, look out. And yeah, Jason, Serber did look awesome. He's fast and has the strength now to make me feel confident to send him out against anybody. I mean, he looks really, really strong. Um, His opponent today wasn't a big heavyweight by any means, but he was still a stout guy. He's still a heavyweight. He probably weighed 230, 240 pounds. And uh, Serber was able to really impose his will on him. He, there wasn't much struggle there. And then same with Peter Ming from Stanford, who, again, I think really highly of. So, um, you know, that was a, that was really, really impressive. Uh, leading up to the scuffle, though, so in a couple weeks against OU, he'll wrestle uh, Josh Heinzelman, who I think is number 18 in the country right now. Um, but I think that's a bit underranked. He's... Heinzelman's a really, really good local wrestler who I'm sure Serber is familiar with, but uh, they're um, going to have some good matches this year. Um, Hendrickson from Air Force is number nine in the country, and then Brian Andrews from Wyoming, again, another local guy that uh, um, you know we would all have loved to have had at OSU, but circumstances, um, which we'll talk about at some point. But... Uh, Andrews is ranked in the top 10, and then Trussell from Utah Valley is no slouch either. So he's got some good tests here in the fall semester where we're really going to get to see um, where Serber really stacks up. I think that Ming and Anthony are great wins. I'm glad that he scored a lot of points in those matches and picked up bonus point victories. Um, I think we're going to learn a lot about Luke Serber in the next month. And then even at the scuffle, NC State always has a solid heavyweight. Missouri, of course, has Zach Elam. Rutgers has a solid heavyweight. Virginia Tech has a solid heavyweight. And then there are other teams there, I mean, including, you know, Air Force um, and uh, uh, Duke and some others that are well-coached and and have good talent that uh, I think that we're really going to get a feel for if Cerber's going to be able to finish in that six to eight range this year, Jason. I don't know. Um, I think that it's a wait and see thing at this point. Um, Of course, I'm optimistic, but I do think that regardless of how this year goes, in the future, Cerber is a guy who is only going to get better. And he's a true freshman effectively. So he's going to have 
next year is really where I see him getting on the map. Plus, a lot of the top of the weight class clears out. I know Paris and Michigan will still be around. Uh, Cassiope will still be around. Um, but I, I really think that even if Cerber goes 2-2 two and two this year or 3-2 and two this year, um, that's great at NCAAs. And uh, he may not All-American, but if he scores some points and gets us feeling ready for next year, then I really think that that's a huge win uh, on going with Cerber over Austin Harris or uh, Doucette. So uh, fun stuff. Uh, just, a, again, overall super dominating performance from the Pokes. They finished 45 to nothing uh, in the duel. Um, really outworked, outpaced, completely dominated Drexel. Um, and uh, it was a fun one all around, and I'm glad that uh, we were able to watch it. So the Pokes are off for a couple of weeks before heading to Norman for Bedlam Part 1. In that time, I'm going to cover some history topics, some random topics, and I'd love to do a couple of grab bags. So please, 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 please ask questions or submit ideas that you'd like to hear more about. And we'll see you all on Thursday. Go Pokes!